Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I really, um, I turn to God. Um, really, I tell people without God, uh, I probably would be dead. Um, you know, I would wake up every morning and just say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me, even though there was no proof, and even though it was worse than the night before. But that was um, my mindset for getting me right with the day. It was so much just to even get ready to stir a pot of macaroni on the stove for the kids nearly took me out. Like I would be gripping onto the stove, like crying because the pain was so bad. And today she's living a beautiful life and that's because she decided not to give up. We're joined today by Roxanne Harris. She's an author and a speaker that is choosing to live well on purpose. Today on Connections, she's going to share with us her pain, the many trials she faced, and her most audacious moments of standing firm and not giving up. We're joined today by Roxanne Harris. She is an author, a speaker, and an audacious wellness warrior. <laughs> like that uh, warrior in your title there, Roxanne. Uh, for those of us that haven't read your stuff yet or heard from you speaking at conferences before, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who Roxanne Harris is? Um, Roxanne Harris is uh, a Christian woman who's had a lifelong battle uh, with autoimmune disease that completely crippled me and took me out after the birth of my fourth child. I spent years um, trying to recover from that. And because of that, I delved deep into natural medicine, got a bunch of degrees, started helping other people, um, both with their physical body, their mindset, and also with their spiritual walk. Tell us a little bit more about that experience with the autoimmune disease and how it took your life down this path that you never expected. Well, it was really fascinating because when I was 16, I had a very traumatic injury to my back. So I'd always had back problems. And so it really, you know, just this chronic pain, it was kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, that's the injury. Um, after my son, my fourth child was born, he was about two weeks old and get up in the morning, he's crying because he's awake. And I couldn't move. I couldn't move anything in my body. The pain was so astronomical. Um, he was just across the hall. It took me, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to get there. And I was literally just screaming in pain, gritting my teeth and yelling, mommy's coming, mommy's coming. And, you know, that was kind of uh, very new for me to launch into this experience of being, I'll say, so out of control in my body, not knowing what my body would allow me to do. But fighting constantly um, to show up as a mom, as a wife, as a ministry leader um, in my own uh, work and day to day. And so it took me uh, on a very different path, one that I never experienced, nor had I had anyone, I think, that was close to me that had experienced that. And I wasn't prepared um, for what it all entailed when they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I kept thinking that honestly, they were going to say the big C word. And I, I was just so panicked about a cancer diagnosis and that, you know, it would be my last Christmas with my kids and, you know, my last birthday and all of those things. And, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I, I was actually relieved because I was foolish I didn't understand what that diagnosis meant. I didn't understand that it would rob me of my mobility, um, my functionality, uh, my mindset, my peace, my joy, my hope, uh, relationships. 
um, ankylosing spondylitis, the condition I was diagnosed with, is extremely devastating. It fuses your spine together. It crushes your internal organs. And most people um, perish because they basically suffocate their heart, their lungs. Um, and so it was like, wow, like, this is not a better diagnosis. <laughs> what did you do when you heard that? What was that like for you? You, you mentioned that, you know, your life kind of just crumbled after that relationships failed, whatnot. What was that like for you? I really, um, I turned to God. Um, really, I tell people without God, uh, I probably would be dead. Um, you know, I would wake up every morning and just say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me, even though there was no proof and even though it was worse than the night before. But that was um, my mindset for getting me right with the day. It was so much just to even get ready to stir a pot of macaroni on the stove for the kids nearly took me out. Like I would be gripping onto the stove, like crying because the pain was so bad. So there was a point in my journey about four years after the diagnosis where my specialist said to me, you know, Roxanne, there's literally nothing I can do. The only medication that has been working for you, which was a very recent development has been pulled from the market. It's killing people. I can't give it to you anymore. And I was devastated. I was like, ah, uh, but like, I can walk now. I can pick up my kids. Like, what do you mean? I can't have this. And she handed me a grocery bag of pharmaceutical samples and said, I know that none of these work for you. This is all I have. Um, good luck. Uh, by the time you're 35 years old, you will be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. And I was like, what? My son, four years old, was with me at the time, and I'm looking at this baby, and I'm going, I don't think so. And instantly, in my, in my mind, my whole spirit rose up, and I said to her, hell no. I am never getting in that wheelchair. Like, I'm not. And she grabs my arm, and she goes, okay, well, have a nice life. Wow. And, like, <laughs> right? So, you know, in that moment, I really just had to, you know, I called out to God and I said, you know, Lord, there has to be something on this earth that you have created that's going to help me because I will not get in the wheelchair and this diagnosis will not be my life. I can see now where the audaciously alive comes from. <laughs> and it's very interesting when it comes to moms, when we are moms and we have children, we fight like there. If you're sick, you fight through it. You will you pretend like it's not there because you have these little people that you want to be around for. You've now taken audaciously alive. You've turned this into a book as well. And you're sharing your story. Tell us a little bit about that. It was a challenge. I was actually challenged by a number of people. Some of my spiritual advisors and mentors said, you know, you need to get this down. Um, some of my business coaches and it was a journey to kind of reflect and move through um, what I experienced because many people didn't understand why I was audacious. So many people would say like, why don't you just get in a wheelchair? Like your life would be easier. Right. And those reflections of actually the journey and putting my pain out there, because like you just said, Colleen, I was a very private person. I was not telling people about my pain. I mean, they could see it, right? But I was not like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain, I could die. Like that, I never said that to anyone. And so the reality is 
I wanted to share my story because there's not a lot of help for women with chronic disease, whether that's mentally, emotional, physical, just relationship stuff that's just ongoing pain. Um, there's not enough help to pull women out of the muck and mire, if it would. We're very good at, you know, patting each other and going, of course you should feel that way. Oh, yes, you know, more medication. There's nothing we can do. Why don't you just stay in bed for the rest of your life? And I'm like, sorry, but hell no. And I think as a Christian, we can use that word because sickness and disease comes from the pit of hell. This is not God's design that you would not live your created potential and your created value. And I want to remind women, like, God has a purpose for your life. He wants you to shine. He made you for a reason. And we have to, as women, embrace each other and, you know, say, come on. Like, I get it. I feel you. But this is who God created you to be. And rise up and stand up. And despite the pain, because the scriptures very clearly tell us that. Despite what's going on, we can be filled with peace. We can be filled with hope. We can be filled with joy. So how, how well, I was going to say, how do we, you're talking specifically about women, right? And helping women live out this audacious life. How do, how do they take those first steps? What are some of the key things, you know, whether we're staring at a wheelchair in our future or it's something different in our life, how do we rise up and say, no, I'm going to work towards a different, uh, different outcome here? Well, Mike, that's a great question because the first absolute necessary component is mindset. And, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, as a man thinks, so is he or she, right? But also that we have the mind of Christ. And I promise you that Jesus isn't sitting there saying, woe is you, right? And, you know, you should just collapse and do nothing. And so I think choosing life is so paramount. But making it a firm decision, not on the days when the days are bad that you decide to not live. You know, like everybody, you know, dies, but not everyone chooses to live. And so if we choose life as our mission, but to lay it all down every day and to do the hard work, you know, to pass on the cake or to pass on the alcohol or to pass on, you know, the four-day smorgasbord, right? Mm -hmm. But to make very um, good decisions, so the mindset is key. I want to do this. I know there's more for me. I'm not staying where I'm at, right? And then secondly, partnering with very strong um, healthcare practitioners who believe in your goals of wellness, right? Whether that's that you just don't want to get worse, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Whether you want to like maintain life, whether you want to improve your life, but choosing people that when you explain what's going on and where you want to be, they're like, yeah, I got you, right? I, I want to, I believe it's true. I've partnered with amazing practitioners who believe that my spine can infuse itself. And I now have digital proof from x-rays that what has been fused for 20 years are like, huh, how come, what, what's happening? You know, and doctors are like, Oh, it must be a bad x-ray. And I'm like, oh, yeah, after yeah. 20 years, it's a bad x-ray. <laughs> huh. Tell us a little bit more about where you were at with your health. Uh, you just mentioned a little bit about that. And you mentioned earlier, too, that you decided to take more of a natural way to heal yourself. Tell us more about that. I think it's really important. God has asked us to take care of our temple. 
And we've really forgotten as a culture, as a society, what it means to be healthy and vibrant. We have examples uh, throughout scriptures of, you know, eating healthily. We've got the whole story of Daniel that's, you know, not eating any of the, you know, bad food, so to speak, and getting fat, but the vegetables and the water. Um, we, we do need to look at how can I up-level my health? If you're not giving your body what it needs to heal and repair itself, you know, like I, I, I talk to my clients about, well, the lifestyle that you have lived has brought you to where you are. So if you continue doing the same things, there's going to be no movement, no improvement, right? We're very quick in North America to... Oh, that's just, you know, quackery. We don't need to, you know, get vitamin D and eat vegetables and berries. Like we can just, you know, if it's in the grocery store, it's food, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I think that we've lost a lot of um, our culture and what we know inside on what makes us feel good. Like, you know, everyone wants chicken noodle soup when they have a cold or a flu. Why? Because there's vitamins and nutrients in there that actually help our body to heal. And I knew that because I had taken four years of Bachelor of Science in Nursing, and I knew that there was nothing that could help me. And the specialist had said that. There's nothing that can help you, Roxanne. Like, literally, you're going to get worse, and you're going to die, and you're going to be in a wheelchair. And I'm like, no, no. If that's what you think, I'm not partnering with that. I need to find a way to realign my body and bring it back into health and scriptures and prayer, but also the, the food and what I'm consuming, my mindset and the movement of my body. There was a whole, there was a whole list of things that they gave me. You can't do, you can't do, you can't do. And I'm like, so basically I can't live. I mean, they were telling me I couldn't even work in my garden because it would compromise me. And I'm like, yeah, but I grow all of our own food. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> What, so what do you say to somebody, you know, they've tried to take the right mindset and they've tried, you know, living a more natural life and stuff, but maybe their healing doesn't come or it comes in different mm -hmm. ways. Like, what do you say to those people or that are waiting and waiting for their healing? That's an amazing question, because number one, salvation includes healing, that when we give our life to Christ, it's not just, oh, hey, I got a ticket to heaven. Salvation means healed, delivered, restored, kept whole, safe and sound. Like it's the whole package. And so we have to look at the scriptures and say, you know, by his stripes, I was healed. Now I have to bring my body into alignment with what the word of God says. If you're doing a little bit, I'm going to say that after, you know, 20 some years of walking this um, journey of autoimmune and chronic disease, there's more. We can't dabble in health. Health and wellness is not a part-time, you know, when I feel like it kind of journey. Wellness is a lifestyle. And so it's the conscious eating. When you go out for dinner, you know, why are you ordering all of the greasy, deep fried, whatever? Why don't you get a really luxurious salad with the salmon on the top and stay true to who you are? But partnering with a wellness practitioner who has been there. There's a lot of people that practice medicine, both, you know, allopathically and naturally that have never been in an autoimmune chronic disease situation. I'm going to say they're not your people because they don't understand you. Some are very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But when you work with someone who's 
been there and experienced that there's a different level of tenacity and a different level of understanding where they can see what's happening going, ah, we just need to alter this. And Mike, I would say part of that is just adding good habits to what you're already doing, right? So if you really want to, let's say, move your lymphatic system and get the sewer drains going, before you get in the shower, 25 jumping jacks. And if that becomes your habit, I have so many clients that are like, oh, I was in the shower. And I was like, oh, I didn't do my jumping jack. And they jump out of the shower and they do the jumping jacks, right? So it, there's a lot um, at play, but sometimes I don't think people understand what a natural lifestyle or a healthy lifestyle actually is. What what do you say to the people that are listening and like, eh, she's kind, she is kind of a quack. You mentioned quackery before, so I'll just use that <laughs> term, right? So <laughs> I'm not saying, <laughs> but what do you say to the people? Because, you know, there will be some like, ah, I don't buy into this. Uh, you need the pharmaceuticals and so on and so forth, right? Well, first of all, I would never tell people to stop using their pharmaceuticals. And in fact, there's a lot of natural supplementation that can help your liver work better and process your medication better so it actually works better. When your body is so toxic and so inflamed, your medication is not as effective as it could be. And so I think that's an important um, analysis. And as for the quack part, I write about this in my book because, again, we're very quick to say natural medicine what do these people know well natural medicine been on this earth since the dawn of creation first of all and secondarily most medication is derived from plant-based substances they're taking molecules and chemicals out of plants and then just manufacturing them pharmaceutically and then you know thirdly i think we also have to look at the fact that um if there's a hundred people that have one condition and 50 people all take the same medication and 50 people go to the natural route, right? And half of each group die. It's the same result, right? People are very quick to say with the cancer state, oh, well, my aunt, my sister, whoever tried chemotherapy or tried natural and they died. And I'm like, yeah, but hundreds of thousands of people try chemotherapy and die. The result is, is that our healthcare system is broken, our healthcare system is a band-aid system, not a care system, and we have to do better. My goal is, you know what, maybe when you come to see me, the diagnosis is so far along and that the body is really, you know, coming apart at the hinges. But my goal at that point is to give you the highest quality of life to towards, you know, your end, you know, then, you know, to have you... Um, sick and in bed and throwing up and in pain because you can't take it. And there are so many natural substances. And I would say, stay away from the hype. Oh, this and this juice and this pill. Yeah, it's a hype. They work for some people and give great results, right? But for others, we stick with the tried and true, the supplements, the, the herbs, the vitamins, the nutrients that have been around way longer than conventional medicine that have proven track records. And so I think that in many cases as well, Mike, that people simply don't, um, they don't use enough. The, the dosages are so small that they're not therapeutical. For example, um, a multivitamin has 250 milligrams of vitamin C. Every adult body needs 2000 milligrams of vitamin C every day 
to function and do just basic day-to-day function. That's equivalent of eating 40 oranges. I don't know anyone who's eating 40 oranges a day. So when we're nutrient deficient and we think we're going to take a multivitamin and do better, it's not. Yeah. What about our listeners that just don't have that? I don't know what word to use that same, you know, how you are audaciously alive and you want to live and you want to fight this. Where do they start their wellness journey? How do we get them on board and how do we get them going? (laughs) Uh, One of the things that I, was quite pleased about is at the end of every chapter, I give a a, a few kind of tips for being audaciously alive. So kind of a recount of the chapter, three things that you can meditate on or pray about or think about or journal about. And then I give three action steps. And, you know, if you just take one action step and just do it every day until it becomes that habit and then move on to the next But really, it's about that mindset. So I would say to our listeners, you know, pray about it. Ask God to give you that spirit of tenacity, of courage, of boldness. Ask him to give you that, um, just that grit to live, but to live well. It's not enough to just wake up and be and exist. We want to live well through our life. It's not about lifespan. You don't want to be... 80 or 90 or 100 years old, spending the last 20 years just laying in a bed or sitting in a chair, staring at the window, drooling. We want health span to be fully alive every day in everything that we do. Um, We are running out of time. I feel like this conversation could go on a lot longer, though. So how can people keep the conversation going for themselves and find out more info from you and find your book? Yeah, you can go to RoxanneHarris.ca. Um, that's my website. There's a whole um, page there on the book and how you can find me and keep track of all the things I'm doing. Uh, some women's retreats. I have a kitchen table talk live on uh, Facebook where I get together with women and just talk all things women to encourage you and to inspire you like we did Once upon a time, women sitting around a kitchen table, having a tea and um, sharing recipes and love and um, remedies and all kinds of things. One last question to wrap things up. You mentioned um, what you've got going on. What's up next for you? You've got this book. You've got what you've got going on on Facebook. Anything else coming up for you? Um, Colleen, I've been it's been in my spirit to do uh, Christian women's retreats for a long time, but not a retreat. Um, a lifestyle retreat where women come and they spend, you know, whether they take a short retreat for its three days or a full week, but it's a full immersion retreat where they come and learn to live in that way. They learn to get in the kitchen and to make the great recipes. They learn about body mechanics and moving. Uh, they learn about how to incorporate that mindset and that prayer. And, you know, prayer is not just spending, okay, I'm, you know, this is my prayer time. But prayer is a conversation all day long with the Lord, right? And so the retreats is a really big thing for me. I'm also, I have a cookbook that's coming out and um, also um, on Audacious Kitchen where I'm going to do some live kitchen shows because women really want to know how to make their life healthier. Beautiful. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.